Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Ryan Toxipaeus. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. I, the audience knows my schedule's been crazy. <laughs> all these <laughs> crazy things. Like, one day I had a storm, and I was like, had somebody was supposed to be on, and I was glad I rescheduled them. I was, like, running late, and I, like, couldn't, literally couldn't make it home. <laughs> it's that we like lost power and stuff. It was crazy, but yeah, I'm glad that, you know, we could get you on and I, it always drives me nuts when I can't get an author on. Cause I, you know, always ask people on for a reason, <laughs> particularly, you know, <laughs> once I get the questions formed, um, you know, ahead of time, cause I like, really want to know the answers. So it's almost like, you know, you get all the way to the end of a, you know, an entire television show and you don't actually watch the last episode. <laughs> so I'm really glad that we could get you on today and, you know, uh, you know, yeah your books with everybody so yeah it, it took a while but we finally got here <laughs> yeah well i was just telling my wife we're like um down the road and was, our food got messed up <laughs> i was just like looking at the clock i was like she was are we gonna make it i go we're gonna make it i'm like i'm not about to reschedule on ryan again i was like we're gonna make it <laughs> <And> sure enough <laughs> we did by the seat of our pants but don't worry everybody <laughs> in the audience all right, I won't leave you hanging. They fixed my sandwich, right? We're good to go. So, all uh, right, we'll start with that first question there. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Sure. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on how far back you want to go. Because uh, I remember uh, back in kindergarten, I loved writing and I wrote this story about a blob monster. Um, and so I was actually kind of surprised a few years later when I saw a movie trailer on TV for the movie The Blob, and it just reminded me of uh, the little the one-page story that I'd written in kindergarten. So I've, I've always enjoyed uh, writing creatively uh, through school. Um, I, uh, I actually wanted to take creative writing back when I was in high school, uh, but it conflicted with physics. And I, at that time, had wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to get into electrical engineering, maybe get into robotics and stuff like that. Oh, cool. um, and so I was like, well, I guess there aren't too many people who want to take physics and creative writing. So that's why <laughs> there was the conflict there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kept uh, writing on and off uh, in my spare time. I... Uh, wrote this enormous space opera when I was in my early 20s. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it was garbage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Been there. <laughs> it, it'll never see the light of day. I don't even think I have a physical copy of it anymore. Um, but uh, one of my friends in engineering had heard that I was writing this uh, book and she saw a contest on campus for uh, writing short stories and the top prize was $750. And she's like, you should oh, try wow. this, you should try this. So I was like, well, I, I guess, I mean, what can it hurt, right? So I, uh, I wrote a story about a uh, World War II Dutch resistance fighter who was captured by the Nazis, put in a concentration camp, scheduled to die, uh, but he managed to uh, work his way out of it and escape. And uh, <laughs> when the results came in that I had won the contest, I was shocked. Um, and <laughs> apparently the judges were too, uh, <laughs> because when, when I went to pick up the winnings, they're like, we're not used to engineering students entering these contests, never mind winning them. <laughs> so that was a, a nice surprise. 
uh, all around, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, after that, uh, I, I finished that uh, space opera. I tried sending it out to some agents. Uh, I didn't hear anything back. I got very discouraged and I, I stopped writing for a long time. Uh, but when my daughter was born, um, one of my best friends came to visit and see the baby and we got to talking about uh, these D&D campaigns that I had yeah. uh, run when we were younger, uh, like teenagers, early 20s type of thing. And uh, he asked me if I'd ever thought about writing up some of those old stories as books and I said no. Um, <laughs> But uh, over the course of the day, as we were visiting, he talked me into it, and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. What, what's it going to hurt, right?" Um, so I, I spent the next year uh, just in my spare time, whenever I could, hammering out a few thousand words here and there. Um, got the first draft done, and I was like, "Okay, I don't even know what to do with it at this point. So I'm just going to sit on it." Uh, it wasn't long after that that I was walking through the university where I worked and I saw a flyer up for an editor who was looking for student papers to edit. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, uh, I guess I could uh, look into this. And so I got in touch with her and she was uh, really excited about it because she wanted to edit larger works like novels. Oh, cool. and she, she hadn't gotten into it yet. So she gave me a really good rate. Uh, we worked together and uh, I got my first copy of my first book, A Noble's Quest, all done. Uh, I, I self-published it as an ebook on uh, on Smashwords, and uh, I got a couple of really great reviews on it from people I didn't know. <laughs> it really got me excited for it. So I thought, well, I got to do more than just this little project now that I made my own cover art and stuff like it. It looked <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, I finally got uh, an artist, uh, Harvey Bunda. I, I found him online and uh, he is absolutely amazing. He's just uh, uh, not only an amazing artist, like he's done work for uh, LucasArts and Marvel oh, wow. and all kinds of stuff, but uh, he's, he's just a really great guy too. So uh, I, I had a very specific idea for how I wanted the cover to look uh, based on kind of, you know, the the 80s and 90s fantasy where you'd see oh, the, yeah. a, scene, a scene from the book on the cover and so yeah. I had a specific idea that I wanted and he made it even better than I imagined it uh -huh. um, so that was great and uh, once I got that then I got my books uh, into print uh, uh, updated the the ebooks and uh, my ex-wife's aunt read it and she said did you pay for that editing <laughs> That's like, oh no, really? And uh, she, I guess she had done uh, some work editing documents and stuff when uh, she was working and she was retired, she offered to help and I gladly accepted. So uh, I worked with her through all four of the novels that I have out now. Um, and it, it was just awesome. Like she's, she's so great. And it, yeah, that's, that pretty much wraps up the the journey up to this point. <laughs> I had somebody on earlier and we were literally talking about that and I was, he was like, yeah, it really is a journey. I was like, it really is. <laughs> it really is. 
much like Odysseus sometimes it's you know it's uh has its twists and turns doesn't it <laughs> yeah it really does like it, it it's anything but a straight line <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had uh, somebody on a couple of weeks ago a female author and she was like yeah i just decided like a year ago she was like, probably not like most people you have on i was like well what do you mean she's like yeah like a year ago i just decided i was just gonna write and did this thing and i was like yeah that's, that's a lot different than what most people i was like i'm in like oh like 15 years now or something like that <laughs> so i was like yeah that's a seems to be a lot different but you know each to their own I mean I wish I could have just been like oh yeah I'm just gonna do this I kind of feel like um I was listening to um Dirk Ashton talk on Wizards Words and Words he shared a really cool Pablo Picasso story of Picasso like somebody came up to him after he was already famous and was like oh can you draw on this napkin a masterpiece he's like yeah I will they're like oh 30 seconds I'll buy it from you so we did and then he handed it to him it was like 15 million dollars and they're like what do you mean it took you 30 seconds He's like, yeah, it took me 30 seconds to draw you a masterpiece, but it's taken me 35 years to learn how to draw a masterpiece in 30 seconds. And I was, that just blew my mind. I was like, that to me feels like a lot, like most writers, you know, that you hear where they're like, oh, I have this story in my head or, you know, I need to need to write a book rather than want to write a book. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to see where, you know, different people I actually got that question from a, a listener actually. Um, almost a year ago now and I'm, I'm glad that they you know said that um, they're like oh please don't say my name <laughs> but if they're listening I am very glad because it's definitely helped me out to remember you know that it is a journey and you know everybody starts in a different place but it's fun to see you know people like yourself who have written multiple books you know because it does tell everybody else like it's possible you know you just have to you know put the work and the time in so I always like to start yeah. with that one <laughs> it's motivational so <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's funny. The the more books I write, the less time I have for writing, because uh, <laughs> you know, you're you're trying to get people to even know that you are that you exist and that your yeah. books exist. And so yeah. you spend a lot more time on social media and podcasts like this, and yep. you know, trying to get your name out there, get those books in front of people. And oh yeah, it's less and less time for actually writing <laughs> yeah yeah less like my friend he's like you haven't read a lot this year compared to normal i said well i've interviewed like almost 50 people <laughs> you know i said and on top of that you know i said i have you know this novella that's you know draft one's gonna be done soon i said i was writing on draft two of my fantasy book i was like i planned out pretty much like the other two prequel novellas i said i fixed a lot of the urban fantasy i want to do i said i also wrote some of my historical urban fantasy romans versus zombies like i was just like it was it's just been a lot of writing <laughs> and i was like at the end of the day after podcasting and writing i'm like i try to read but it's just like i'm just too burnt out by <laughs> so i usually exactly. just end up doing more work for the podcast i just write another chapter <laughs> yeah oh i hear you i it's it's amazing like the time has to come from somewhere right there aren't enough hours in the day yep uh, to do everything that i want to do so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Have to kind of prioritize yep and that's what my, my wife we just went and hung with you know hung with her and my friend and saw my nephew and my sister-in-law and you know i'm like i'm not about to you know cut that time down and you know i got goals for the podcast and you know and i like i like meeting people you know i've had a lot of people i've met and talked to like yourself where um i just had ash bishop on earlier today and he already has my mind working you know before my uh my evening writing session 
And I'm like, oh, that was a really good idea. So I always get stuff, you know, really good. That's like everybody's always like, you're so nice doing the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just like trying to get greatness from osmosis, you know, like <laughs> and it's like, it's like literally it's like, I'm like, yeah, it's a free podcast for me and you. But at the same time, you know, the to get to sit every week and talk to multiple authors, you know, even one author a week is it's a treat, you know, because not about you, but it's really hard in my town to find somebody that writes, let alone writes fantasy, science fiction, horror, anything other than fiction or historical reference. Like, it's yeah, like, it's when difficult. I lived when I lived in Guelph, Ontario, I was uh, running a group for uh, genre fiction, oh, and we had cool. a, a small group of like ten to twelve people that would meet uh, every month or two, and we'd just sit around and chat and talk shop, talk about life, all that kind of stuff. But uh, when I moved to Saskatoon, um, it, I haven't had that same uh, opportunity yet. Um, and, I did see that there's a group that you have to pay for to, to mm. be included in. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go through a paywall to talk to other authors. Like, yeah. you know, it could just be something that you're doing for fun and networking. And uh, I don't know, it, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I, I didn't try that. And then the pandemic happened. So can't yeah. get out and meet anybody. Yeah, no, it's true. That's why my, my friend's like, you should just, because we couldn't go to like, convention after convention after convention he's like yeah you should just think about doing that <laughs> I was like thought about it. I was like yeah that's a really good idea so yeah I'm definitely glad that I did something rather than just kind of you know sitting around here wishing I talked to people <laughs> so it's definitely been far more beneficial for myself so it's nice to hear you know like I said earlier hear people be like oh yeah that was really helpful I'm like oh that's that's really cool so it's nice when things work out like that so yeah, well, yeah. Kind of, kind always of nice to, to feel like you're helping somebody yeah well that's like you know I, I tell my students and my athletes all the time you know I just said this to a kid the other day where she was struggling and I'm like what's going on she's like oh I just got some personal stuff and I said okay I said well what do I it's her second year with me I said what do I always say to do she's like oh, stop worrying about myself look to the person next to me help them out I'll feel better so then she literally did that and she started helping people she's a great leader start helping people by the end you know she was smiling she was having fun whatever was bugging her earlier completely out you know and I always thought to myself you know I just don't want to be one of those people that enters this business just asking people for things you know and mm -hmm. never offers anything so and I was like oh it'd be kind of cool you know to to do this I said you know I get some of the things I need without having to ask and then you know you can help people and I kind of thought I was going to be more selfish about it and be like oh can I get this or whatever? And it's really just been like super, super fun just to, you know, get people's books out there. I've had a couple of people approach me and be like, Oh, I know I'm not a big name. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you know, do, are you, are you within the genres that are, we're talking about, you know? And I got some mystery writers that are going to come on really soon too, for season three and stuff. Uh, Cause I want to learn how to write a mystery novel, you know, within a fantasy or sci-fi setting. And I want it to be good, you know? And yeah. I'm like, you know, like the more the merrier, you know, and I'll never turn anybody down, you know, who, who wants, you know, to gain some readers, you know, it takes an hour, 45 minutes and, you know, you're done. It might be an hour and a half work for each person, you know, in my entire life. But, you know, a couple of people were cool. Like one of the guys blew up. He's like, we have over a thousand and fifty downloads just on one platform for him. Uh, he's like our number one episode now. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, so I'm hoping eventually, like, even if he gets 20 lifetime readers out of that, you know, 
uh, which I think would be a low number with his particular books and writing style. Uh, but you know, it's cool to be like, Oh, I did that. I just want one person that I have on to blow up, you know, and then I would consider it successful. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah, you really can't, you really can't say enough how much those super fans are worth. Like, not just because they buy all of your titles, but like I have a couple of guys that like tell everybody they know about my books mm. and they just love them. And they're like, you got to read these. And, you know, they encouraged me to get uh, an audio book done uh, for my first book. And oh, cool. uh, I've run into some issues with ACX uh, since mm. that's been out. So I haven't been pushing that as hard, but uh, yeah, it's super fans make it all worthwhile like just yeah. hearing hearing that uh, enthusiasm and excitement uh for anything that you put out it just it still blows my mind that it happens yeah yeah <laughs> that's like i you know mentioned christopher g branding on here a lot I mean, he just asked me last night he sent me book two for him and i loved his book one it was one of the top three books i've read in the last five ten years and I, he was like did you get a chance yet I'm like no I was like I'm literally just like every day working <laughs> I'm like I haven't had a chance I was like as soon as I get you know so-and-so's book done I was like I, I'm gonna be on it I promise he's like oh you're gonna love it he's like I wrote it for you know super fans like you and there's a couple other guys and some ladies that you know we've really helped try to help him in the last year because I'm like you know the more successful you guys are you know the more stories we get and I tell Christopher all the time I'm like it's not altruism I'm like I'm selfish I want more books so you know and (laughs) if you guys don't you know get readers and you know get paid enough for it you can't make another book so I always tease them I'm like I'm selfish I was like I just want you to keep writing so (laughs) which actually leads us perfectly into that second question there uh what genre or genres do you currently write in uh currently the works that i'm doing are uh fantasy um so my books uh, tend to skew towards uh young adult fantasy and epic fantasy um and so uh i'm working very slowly on my fifth book um just because uh, i brought out the fourth book uh, I was just swamped for time. So I just kind of threw it out there and, and hope for the best. And uh, I, I got the, the sales that I expected uh, from the people that I knew were going to buy the book, um, a, f- a few extras, and that was, uh, that was about it. So it fell a bit short of uh, my aspirations because uh, I'd heard that uh, once you get four to six books, they start uh, kind of feeding on each other and you get that back, that backlog of people reading a book and then going back and finding your other stuff. And so I was kind of hoping for a, a bit of a snowball effect, but uh, it, it didn't happen. So I guess I'm not going to see that kind of success at book four. So I'm going to keep going uh, with books uh, five, six, seven, um, all the way up to 10 uh, for this particular I don't want to call it a series because it's actually three different series that are all linked. So um, I completed my first fantasy trilogy uh, a couple of years ago. And now this new uh, book, the fourth book that I wrote is a brand new series. It starts off 450 years after the conclusion of the first series. So it's brand new, brand new cast of characters and stuff. Um, And I, I just, I, 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 I know I'm not alone in this, but I always catch flack for it when I say it. Um, I'm not one of those people that likes a really long fantasy series that you have to read through the entire thing. It's like, you know, 10, 12 books and it gets tired uh, oh, after yeah. a while. Um, 
the example that I usually go to that people hate me saying is Wheel of Time. Um, <laughs> I've got four books into that and he's just throwing in more and more characters and I wasn't seeing the characters that I started with and cared about anymore. And as I, I just tr kept trying to power through because my buddy said, you know, this series is amazing. And it's like just amazing how, how all the, the threads come together in it and it, it's going to blow your mind. And I got to book four. I was like, I can't even remember Read, if I read about this character before or not, like, I don't know what they're doing. And I just found it frustrating. So I told him, I'm sorry, I don't think I can finish this one. And he said, oh, if, if you can't, if you're feeling that way by book four, it's good to oh, stop. Because if you yeah. get to book seven, it's, yep. an, it's a big, thick book that is one day. And I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so the Audible helped a lot for me, I have to say. <laughs> like, because I was just like, I had to book I think I got to book five and then I went to the audible and then it, it was just so much better than in my head. <laughs> like, you know, and <laughs> I was able to keep better track of everybody and everything. And then I went and read book six right after that. And then I listened to book six on audible, like a month after that. And then I got to book seven and I tried the first, like the first prologue was like 75 pages. <laughs> I told my buddy, I was like, uh, we're going to book club it. <laughs> <laughs> we've been book clubbing Mal's and book of the fall and I have to say that has helped so much like it's just been a game changer I told my buddy like I would have stopped at book three um I love <laughs> dead house gates like it was good but like there were parts in gardens of the moon where I was just like holy moly and now we're in book eight toll the hounds and it, we're in like we're like literally on like page 858 and we just started this new chapter and he just introduced like 25 new characters and I'm looking, I'm like, I get that you got like another 550 pages in this book, but I'm like, there's only one more left of the main storyline. I'm like, how on earth, you know, is this going to get tied together? <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy reading, you know, I enjoy reading it for the characters, but there's so much where I'm like, I'm like, this could have been like, you know, nine books, three trilogies each, you know, like, yeah. and, you know, been like 350 pages, <laughs> you know, like, that's just, I know people are going to be like, oh, how dare you? But it's just, there's just so much where I'm just like, I skip or, you know, I skim. I'm a pretty quick reader. So I'll just run through as long as I get the idea. And I'm like, then I'll get to something good and, you know, I'll go over it. But yeah, it's sometimes I actually liked Wheel of Time more when I did the Audible. Because um, I was kind of like book clubbing with myself, if that makes sense. But okay. yeah, I don't, I don't write books like that. Like I give people credit. I, I can't write books that big. I think more of a you know, I'm, I like the Forgotten Realms, like the, how those were, you know, like, yeah, Dragonlance, you know, uh, Ravenloft, you know, the yeah. Magic, the Gathering. I like three to five, you know, at a time, you know, the the Dritz, you know, series, things like that, um, sure. you know, we're ongoing, but in trilogies or whatever. But yeah, yeah some mm -hmm. of those bigger ones get hard for me and I can't imagine writing them. <laughs> I just don't think it's in me. No, no. And I mean, you, you hear interviews with someone like uh george martin who writing the uh, oh my god and he's he's talking to his super fans to remember details that he's yeah. forgotten yeah. you know yeah. i saw an interview yeah i saw an interview where he did that i was like holy crap like you know and that's like my buddy the other day he asked me something because i'm like you know we're so we're playing a D, D game i mentioned this a little bit in interviews but we're playing a D, &D game fifth edition while i have it set in my own fantasy world and I have to say, it's been one of the greatest creative ways to 
fix a couple of things for world building. I've gotten great. I'm like, oh, that's super cool. And I'll let my party do something. I'm like, oh, I got to add that. And it's not specific to 5e, which is kind of nice. Like um, I have this, these creatures I created who are like a mold based crystalline species and they have like a golem. And, and it was like, well, instead of just being a golem, I was like, I want it to be made out of this. And then I have like this whole where like the reds versus the blues versus like the greens and the blacks, um, like crystals, like these people and they have these tribal wars going on and stuff. And there's just all sorts of cool things that I've gotten from it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like the gaming community has really helped me, you know, in terms of, you know, it's like video game or, you know, like D&D, like role based, you know, role playing uh, based games have been really helpful. But yeah, yeah, I I absolutely love role playing games. And honestly, D&D has got me through this pandemic. I like the people that I've oh, been playing yeah. with. Uh, I, I run two different groups in the same world of, of my own creation, um, and oh, they're both awesome. they're both facing uh, the same big bad, but from separate parts of the world. So one of them is uh, kind of near started off near the equator um, in a, a desert city, and then the other one started off way in the the far north, and uh, the threat was between them. So uh, it was a little bit closer to the south. So they were running more of a horror campaign because the undead were there. And, <laughs> uh, and so they're just running for their lives from the big bad right away. Like he's on their tail. Um, and meanwhile, the group in the north is getting more of a, a slow burn where it's like, oh, there's a zombie, like you know, one, one undead, but it's kind of like the harbinger of something worse that's coming like this. It's this huge wave, uh, unstoppable wave that's coming to the north. And so the, the threat gets worse and worse as they go. Um, and uh, I think my favorite part about that is uh, having the two groups um not interacting but their stories tying together in in That's cool in uh important ways like uh the group up north found this cave early on in their adventures and they didn't really do a good job of exploring it it was this perfectly circular room with a, a light stone in the middle of it and a dark stone underneath and so they bundled them up and took them with them they're like oh these are cool i wonder what they're for and then uh, a few months later, uh, the group down south uh, had been uh, fleeing with this book that they couldn't read. Uh, eventually, they found a wizard who learned the Comprehend Languages spell, and she started reading through it. And <laughs> that player is actually in both groups. She's the only one that's in both the north and south group. And so I gave her the write-up for that book for her to read through. And I told her, okay, we're going to do this in a phased way. Like you're going to, you can read through it all now, but it's going to take your character time to read each chapter. And then you can discuss it with the party, oh, like one, cool. once every hour uh, of uh, like the game passing. And so she read the whole thing right away. And she was like, oh my God, I need to tell them all of this right now, because <laughs> it is so important for the Northern group. Uh, where they found out that the these stones were often used in holy sites to lock down big bad threats and so mm. there was something evil underneath uh, where that day stone was and oh, they cool. yeah so they 
worked out this crazy way of sending a Pegasus rider to the north <laughs> to give them news. Like, if you find this stone, don't remove it. And of course, by that time, they already had. Yeah. But it, it gave them all a real sense of dread that uh, they had done <laughs> something really, really bad. <laughs> so I just love the way that it's it's tied together and uh, and everybody you know they're they're talking about the games between sessions and stuff and having a lot of fun with it so oh, that's cool it, it uh yeah it's it's been a, a really uh joyful type of thing for me uh through through the pandemic oh, yeah. and i know some of the other players have said you know this campaign has kept me going like you guys are awesome and it's just been so nice to have people that i can talk to regularly when you know especially in those early days when we we're all locked yeah. in our houses and couldn't yep. go out you know yeah so no I, I i love the collaborative storytelling aspect of it and it's just yeah D D is amazing i'm glad the world is finally catching on to that yeah yeah my friend was like yeah i started playing that game that you've been talking about for <laughs> whatever like i think this year probably like 16 16 falls ago so for 16 years and i was like yeah he's like yeah it's really fun i'm like yeah been saying that for 16 years <laughs> i was like i knew you like it you know plays all sorts of same video games i like and stuff i was like oh man i was like imagine if you had done it 16 years ago you could have 16 more years of fun <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome i uh i started playing almost 30 years ago now mm when i was in elementary school some of my friends introduced me to it and I, I fell in love with it right away yeah it's definitely um definitely my cup of tea as i always say <laughs> um so that third one there uh you got me to think about D now <laughs> uh what is your empire's foundation fantasy truly about and how did you come up with this idea um so as i alluded to uh this was uh uh, based on Dungeons and Dragons uh, games that I ran back in the day. Um, and what happened was uh, the, my buddy who talked me into it had played in the first campaign, um, mm. which I'm writing now as a four book oh, series. That's cool. Um, and he didn't, but he had moved away. So I started a new campaign after and we'd run that one for a couple of years and then he moved away. So I started a new one, not really thinking it was going to be tied to the campaign that I had just run. Um, and we were playing through it and I started getting ideas for how like the threads could, could work together. And, and all of a sudden I'm running a prequel campaign, um, which <laughs> turned out really great because uh, when the big bad showed up, uh, the players had already faced the big bad in the future. Uh, mm. so in the original campaign so they knew that the big bad was still going to be around and they're like oh no <laughs> this is not going to end well for our characters um but yeah they they created uh, thomas and sarantha who were a couple of lumberjacks and we just started off uh, they were just commoners like they didn't have a class or anything where we built up the characters with uh, they'd buy skill points and attribute points as we were going and uh, once we got a little bit in uh, one of my buddies, his wife had just been listening uh, to us play. And she's like, so you guys just sit around and make up ideas and like talk, and make stories together. Like that sounds pretty easy. Can I try? And we're like, yeah, sure. So she came and joined and created the character Eliza. Um, and 
just yeah she she hit it out of the park right away she uh, created kind of this roguish princess type and mm. uh just just loved her character and so she's actually on the cover of my first book oh uh, that's cool yeah and so now i'm i'm finally at the series that my buddy originally loved and it got me uh wanting to write in the first place mm. uh so it's uh it, it, it but it's it's funny because not everything you know you forget things that happen at the table oh, yeah totally. something some things don't translate well uh to a novel format like the some of the silliness that happens around the table but <laughs> uh, if you uh I've, I've had people who have played role-playing games read uh, my books and they say oh yeah you can definitely tell that this was <laughs> a, a dnd campaign like it has that kind of feel to it um, and so I was really excited about that. And it, it loses that feel a little bit in the third book, just because um, my characters decided that they wanted to go in a direction that I hadn't anticipated. Like I'll always well, do a loose, out I'll do a loose outline for my books where I'll like put down all the chapter headings and like a brief idea of what's going to happen in each chapter. Um, but uh, Sorrentha, uh one point looked at thomas uh when thomas said i had this dream we need to go south uh there's something big there and strength was like you're drunk and crazy i'm not going with you <laughs> and i was like oh no <laughs> uh so i i kind of chased his idea as like you know worst case scenario if i get lost somewhere in, in this i can come back here and just write it the way that I'd planned it but I wanted to see the way that uh felt most natural uh, to the characters in that moment oh yeah uh, so all three characters went on their own uh, separate adventures and it worked out so beautifully it was better than I had originally planned it and so mm -hmm. I, I kept it and never looked back oh, that's awesome yeah it's always cool when I I just think it's like you know I was just talking to my gaming group about this because some stuff came up and it was just so funny. And I was just like, it's funny you mentioned that because I was like, I don't know if I can put this into a book, but you know, like um, my buddy and I, it was like the same thing. We had this one campaign and I, I, I just think like with your covers in particular and like the blurbs and everything, like I just felt like it was him and me playing this mini campaign while we were waiting for everybody. It's like before the pandemic. And, you know, we were waiting on some people to graduate from college. One of our friends had just had a baby, you know, and um, him and I came and played with like a, and like two NPCs with this um, one very young DM. It was like her first time, but she's just an amazing storyteller. And it's just, it's so funny because when I first saw, like, wow, I'm trying to remember which book I saw first. I think it was actually uh, A Noble's Quest. And I was just like, oh, that's like, totally just reminded me of you know like that campaign and that campaign got me back into loving D, D and just like you know storytelling just in general and i was at, it was at a very burnout time um yeah, yeah so you're, that one i was just like oh that, that's so cool <laughs> i was like so i immediately went and checked out the blurb and i was just like i got that sense i was like yeah this is definitely you know there's a lot of D, &D history here so yeah i definitely could yeah. definitely feel it just from the blurb and the cover and you know from the reviews and things like that so that was that was really cool it was very 
I told him the other day too, because he's in my current campaign. I was like, nothing beats our, you know, the characters that we had in that campaign and the things they did, you know, like it was just, it was just so much fun. It, that's all we were doing was just trying to have fun. We weren't trying to gain levels or, you know, get gold or anything. It was just about having fun. So that just, you know, really reminded me of that time. So it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly uh, what I'm trying to capture with my writing. It's just supposed to be fun. Um, but like a quick, quick pace. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't uh, aspire to be like Tolkien or something where it's yeah, all yeah. very over explained and uh, <laughs> all stuff and kind of slow. Everybody's walking everywhere and you get to hear about every step they take. Uh, <laughs> so, they make a stew, know. make a stew at every fire. It only takes yeah. an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I like to kind of filter it down to the the important parts mm. uh, or, or the interesting parts because yeah. I, I figure if if I get bored writing it, people are going to get bored reading it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's always the fear, right? My novella right now, like I have so many cool things. I'm like, oh, I'm like the problem is though is like, you know, I feel like it's very end heavy, like when you're getting to the climax. But I'm like, I'm like, people are going to have to get through the first, you know. 8,000 words and be intrigued by the sprinkles I leave if you get to the end especially for the first one you're going to be like holy bleep like what what happened like what's about to happen you know but I'm that's the one thing I'm most worried about with beta readers for you know after draft one like are are they going to be patient enough and see that there's a story here and it, I, I tell you this new generation of just not just like of kids or whatever but just like everybody of you know tv I feel like we get so spoiled you know, off of certain shows where, you know, like, I don't know, my friend, and I asked him about the the first season of Mandalorian. He's like, oh yeah, the first three episodes were great. The other ones were crap. And then the last three were really good. Well, the ones that he didn't like were some of my favorite TV writing of all time. And I was like, they were just fun Star Wars adventures. And I was like, what do you, I was like, what is he supposed to do? Go fight the whole empire by himself? I was just like, <laughs> you know, and I just think that, you know, the way that people talk about Stranger Things in particular, you know, in different shows or, you know, Miss um, Marvel, I'm on like, I think episode four, I've absolutely loved it from a writer standpoint. Um, Thor four, I, I thought was great, you know, like, yeah, I haven't watched Miss Marvel yet. Uh, it's I, on you know, I, I, I gotta say, my friend just said last week, he's like, oh, you really gotta try this. And I blew through the first few episodes. Like if I had been so busy the last two weeks and um, had so many things blow up in my face I'd be done already but I like I don't want to rush enjoying that show and I'm glad I didn't rush the last episode of Obi-Wan I waited like I think three weeks um, you know and Stranger Things the last episode of season four I'm trying to wait until I actually have time to you know to actually watch it rather than 15 minutes here 20 minutes there I kind of want to watch it like a movie in one sitting but I just yeah. think that you know like when we were talking about the Forgotten Realms books you know I just I want fun, quick reads personally. There are other times y'all you know, read, you know, for book club, I do the bigger ones or the, the Tolkien's and things like that. But for the most part, I just want something to escape. I think it's the, you know, escape fantasy, I think is lacking nowadays. So when I saw yours, I'm like, oh, that's definitely an escape fantasy right there. So oh, absolutely. Definitely yeah. my, my cup of tea. So <laughs> super cool. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I love your covers too. I was just like, I remember the day I found you. I can't remember what social media I found you. It was months ago, but it was TikTok. Like, oh, it was TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I think, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember which one popped up first because I know a Noble's Quest was in there somewhere. Um, I'm I, which I've one. also been uh, 
a lot of the videos were about a queen's edict because yeah I, that's I, the one I, yep i just released that one so yeah oh man yeah so i had to go back and look at the other ones i was like oh these all look really cool but yeah that's like my kind of thing is how you you know i feel like you and i are very similar in style you know in terms of the kind of books that you know we want to write and the niche you know i would say you're one of yeah. the few people that you know i'd say we're in the same you know the same sub genres you know and things like that so it certainly sounds like it yeah yeah it's hard to find people you know you would think there's so many authors and things but you know like me and mark timoney you know he wrote uh the blood of the spear you know like i we both love the wheel of time we both love you know forgotten realms and you know have a lot of the same background and things but you know in terms of love the same reading but in terms of writing very different you know in terms of the type of story we want to tell so i find at times you know it's hard to find people with similar interests you know in terms of subgenre in particular so that's yeah that was super cool that's one reason I told my wife I was like I gotta get Ryan on I was like I gotta <laughs> figure out how he did this and that and I was like that's what I want to do so you know I was like, well I'm, I'm happy to talk about it I'll talk shop all day <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect which actually leads me to the next one here what sorts of strategies do you use writing full-length novels versus novellas yeah, I, I put a lot of thought into that question when you sent it to me, and I don't think my process changes all that much. Mm, um, because I don't I don't do heavy outlines to to begin with. It's more mm. that I have a, a concept, uh, uh, a framework, and I know I know who the characters are, where the plot is starting, and where I want it to go, and how it's going to get there. Um, and so a novella for me is just a story that uh, doesn't have the same uh, complexities. And uh, I mean, there are complexities, there's plot twists and stuff, but uh, I guess for me, uh, my novellas focus on a single character. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Demon Invasion in particular, where I, mm. I wrote uh, a novella based on the big bad from my second novel because I mm. liked him so much, but I didn't want to go back and do all of his backstory and yeah, yeah. load the book. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wrote that uh, so I could really get a solid grasp on why is he there? What does he want to do in the future? All like, and his connections with other demons in the world and things like that. So, it uh, it's uh, again just like my novels a, a quick pace uh, focusing on uh, the the plot plot twists uh, dialogue um, and I I'm not a fan of writing to a word count um, oh yeah, where, yeah where people are like I need to write a hundred thousand words for this book. Uh, so I, I, and I finished, I finished writing the story in 70,000 words. So I need to put in another 30,000 words of filler, you know. <laughs> that reader's so, going to feel it at the end. <laughs> exactly. Like it, it slows things down so much. Yeah. So if, if I can tell a story uh, like Demon Invasion in 20,000 words, and instead of going to a full novel length, then that's fine. Like, uh it's so it the, the process is very very similar that i just I, I write what needs to be written each scene in the book should have a purpose and continue to drive the story forward whether it's 
character development or plot or whatever. Um, but I don't like just putting in fluff to to get a book to a, a certain length. I don't know if that's helpful for you or not. No, no, it really is. Sorry, I was just looking up because I must have missed um, Demon Invasion when I invited you on. So I was trying to save that one to check out for labor uh, for later. I didn't realize that that, that was yours. Um, so sorry, I was just saving that. Um, <laughs> looks really interesting, by the way. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I struggle because people with Scrivener in particular, right? They're like, oh, I'm going to write, like you said, like 110,000 pages or 10,000 words. It's going to be this many pages. And I'm like, how i was just talking about the day he, he, he asked me he's like well how like what are you shooting for this novella and i'm like i don't know like i said I, over 10k i don't know less than 25k you know and i was like the second one's going to be a lot bigger because of you know what happens i said the third one's going to be probably the biggest i said overall it'll probably be like the three eventually be like seventy five thousand words i said i don't know maybe and it just was an interesting thing when i sent that to you i guess now it was a while ago but you know, mm-hmm. he kept asking me, he's like, well, what about this? Well, this, I'm like, I don't know. Like, just as long as I tell the story, I said, you know, there's certain things I'm sure I'll add or cut out, but it just, it's interesting to me when I see people like, oh yeah, I got a thousand words today out of 110,000 for this book. And I'm just like, <laughs> how do you even know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, I, and they're, I, not, and, they're not planners, you know, they're pantsers. So I'm like, why, why even put that number there? <laughs> like, yeah. I get having a goal though, you know, like I, I do yeah. get that. that. That helps you with a goal. But I'm like, mine would be like, just say like, mine would be like, oh, I'm going to try to write a thousand words, you know, in a day to 1500 for this many days to get to a relative count or whatever. But right. yeah, it's, it's like you said, I just feel like a lot of people end up with a lot of filler that way. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So like a noble's quest, I mean, I, I wrote the book as a standalone book because I wasn't even sure if anybody was going to like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's smart so, in an advertisement. Yeah. Especially with, yeah. you know, first couple books. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was 70,000 words or 80,000 words, like fairly short for a fantasy novel, actually. But uh, I had told the story that I wanted to tell. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to see how it does. And for the second book, uh, there it's quite a bit longer. I think it's around a hundred thousand words. Oh, wow. Um, just because there was a lot going on in that book. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost, it's almost two stories in that book. Like, uh, and then the third book was 120,000 or something like that, because oh, wow. I needed that many words to tell that story as well. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's almost like two, uh, two stories in that book. Uh, like the the front end is quite a bit different from the back end. Um, just a, a different feel to it. Uh, so, you know, I I just write as much as I need to write, um, and I don't worry about word count too much. Yeah, I just think like I just personally think I said to my boy the day I guess that was weeks ago. It seems like it was yesterday. <laughs> it's so sad that it was like May, but um, you know, it's just like. Yeah, I just, I agree. I just, I think that there's so much more that we have to think about before a word count. I mean, you know, you have to worry about just so many different things making sense and, you know, and world building and just, you know, keeping the flow and characterization. It's like the last thing I want to worry about is, you know, really how many, how many thousands of words I need for this before I even get there. I mean, and I always know people, they take it out. And Lindsay Broker is crazy about it too, because she'll take out like 35,000 words and then she'll add another 50,000, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I, 
and she's a you know I feel like she plots really well you know from what I hear from her podcast and you know uh, her blogs and things like that and I just like I I give you know people credit that can do that I just don't think I'm you know one of them <laughs> maybe you know when I'm deep in my career like she is maybe I can then you know do that but yeah that's right now I'm just like I don't know <laughs> And and that's the thing. Every author has their own way of doing things too. Like, Which is a solid point. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I I don't like it when authors put up lists of this is how to write, oh, this yeah. is how to find success, yeah. um, because it, you'll you'll see so many famous authors even all have different uh, ways that they go about the process. So uh, it just tells me that there isn't one way to write. Yeah. Uh, and one way to find success, you know, like it, there's a lot to do with luck and timing. Yeah. Um, you know, some people just uh, write the right book at the right time and yeah. get the right people to read it and leave reviews and, you know, it just all kind of snowballs and yep. takes off and that's great. But for them to then say, well, this is exactly what I did when there's always that element of luck involved. Yeah. You can't quantify might- it then. I mean, yeah, no matter what you try I mean, to do. I mean, if I followed, uh, say, Stephen King put out a list for what he did for success, and I followed that to the letter, and I did not become a super famous author like Stephen King, um, <laughs> you know, there's there's no list that you can just follow and be successful. Like, yeah. Otherwise, everybody would be a successful author. No, it, it's totally true. And I, you know, I that's like the pod, this podcast, you know, and people are like, well, you know, like, what were you trying to do? I'm like, well, in a year I was trying to get, you know, I was honestly just trying to get 10 episodes done, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and now we're on season two and my, the anniversary episode is going to be coming out August 28th, which is my birthday. Um, I started August 26th last year. And now, you know, by then, you know, I'll be almost done with all of season two, you know, and that's I, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the amount of people, like I never would have thought that I'd be friends with, you know, oh my gosh, I don't even know it has to be like thousands of authors by this point, you know, on social media and stuff. And, you know, the amount of emails I get, you know, or messages from people. I mean, I just never in a million years would have thought a year ago. Cause I was like, Oh, it was pretty much this week where I was like, I think I'm gonna start a podcast the next year or the, or the <laughs> next couple of weeks. And I was like, it probably won't go very far. And it's just, it's crazy to think, you know, and I just think to myself, like, this is how writers feel, you know, like, this is how authors feel is like, you just pump out content you I feel are as polite to people as possible try and be as professional as possible and you know just keep putting out content and hopefully it's you know you just try to improve right make it good content and I think at the end of the day that's the only thing you can do right like just yeah you know my my girlfriend uh has been reading my books or I've been reading the books to her because she likes it when I do (laughs) characters um it's it's funny she we got through the first trilogy and and she enjoyed it and then we uh we've started the fourth book now uh, we're about eight chapters in but about five chapters in she's like i really don't want to insult you <clears throat> but i'm really enjoying this book a lot more than than like the first trilogy and i'm oh. like why would that insult me that's amazing that you know i i love hearing that my books are getting better as i yeah, go yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the goal it's so crazy that you mentioned that because Ash Bishop literally just said, you know, like the, the first book that he's released right now was his fourth book. And then he just sold his technically hit one that he fixed, which was, was technically his fifth book, as he called it. 
And it's so funny because I just mentioned that, like you're one of like 30 authors within the last year that has said, you know, third or fourth book was my better book. And I, that's for me is like, I'm planning on doing these three prequel novellas, fixing them, having them out. Cause my fourth book, I want to be the one, like you just said, right. like, I want that, the one to that, you know, with, I want the experience, you know, of doing everything and I'll have the world building done for it. Cause it's gonna be in the same world and characters and everything. And I'm like, I'm hoping that that's going to be the one that I actually release, um, you know, after the rap release for the novellas where that's going to be the one where, you know, does the traction. So I yeah. pre-planned my fourth book to be, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just so funny. The second author today within five <laughs> hours that has said the same thing. So that's really yeah. cool. <laughs> and, and, and that's an, another reason that I'm glad that I went the way I did doing like a trilogy. And then now I'm doing a new four book series where um, I feel like I learned so much writing that initial trilogy that if yeah. people don't read it and just start with book four, uh, they can like you don't you don't need to read the first trilogy to understand what's going on in in the new series mm. like there's oh, that's good to know there, there's certainly callbacks and stuff because it is in the history of the these characters um but it's not necessary like it's it's more like just having easter eggs in there that people people who have read the first three books will go oh, i know who that is <laughs> you know and then get excited about uh, remembering things that happened like i just had that conversation with my girlfriend today she was like wait a minute who's this first druid that they're talking about it sounds really <laughs> familiar was that and i said oh yeah that was jordak from uh, the original trilogy and she's like oh jordak yeah and then it all came flooding back to her and she remembered all of it so yeah the, there is that aspect of it but if you're just reading it and you're like okay there was a first druid that did all this stuff then that's fine <laughs> yeah know? yeah oh that's really cool I like when stuff connects like that I try to do that a lot because as a reader that's what I like so yeah. yeah that's that's super cool I think that's very smart of you personally to do like why <laughs> why do a whole nother druid right when you have one that you know and if they like or like something about it, you know, and then find out that that's the case. I mean, I think that just helps you with sales personally. So, and, you know, and <laughs> helps deepen the, you know, the story for the reader. So I think that that's, that, that's brilliant marketing to me. So I really like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope, hope it works out that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, are there any writing tools or advice that you use on a regular basis? Uh, in terms Do you have like your own mantra, you know, like, is it like, I always, yeah. just, I always just say like the first parts to start, like the other day, yesterday, I did not understand how I was going to fix these last two scenes and write them. And I put it off for three days. That's my max now is that I can put something off for three days, but that, you know, next day I have to write and it has to be something. So I just was like, I just start writing stuff and it didn't work. So then I actually did what someone told me to do the other day. I actually videotaped myself talking it through like an audio book and I hated what I had. So, and I went to write and then I was able to write because I had already like written, even though it was verbal. So right. for me, like that was helpful. So I was just curious, you know, like what is something that you do that helps you out to keep writing or maybe write better? Um, in, in terms of tools, I know a lot of people use, like you mentioned Scrivener before, mm -hmm. a lot of people do have like specific writing tools. I just use Word um, I've got My tons favorite. of files. 
on my computer um, and like I put them all in in a creative folder and then I have more folders in there for uh, each project and subfolders you know just a ton of documents Um, and I also have uh, a a big file folder uh, of papers uh, because sometimes I would uh, especially back when I used to take the bus uh, to and from work, I would think of something that I wanted to write. And I was like, oh, I've got to write that down. Mm. And so I've got just a ridiculous number of notes uh, for things that uh, I wanted to write. And then sometimes I forget that I wrote those notes. <laughs> and so I get to the part and, and I'm writing it and it's it works out fine. I didn't need to look at the notes. Uh, but the other day I was going through them because uh, somebody asked me about a map. And... Mm. Uh, so I went and looked for like one of my original D&D maps and I found a bunch of writing notes and I was like, oh, it's amazing how close to these notes I got when I actually wrote the final oh, wow. book. Uh, like, I guess it must have just stayed in my subconscious after yeah, scribbling yeah. down. Um, oh, wow. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all that I use is just word and paper notes um, for, for tools. I mean... Um, OneDrive has saved my life. I just Scrivener so many times. Like I just don't have time. I feel like to learn all of its tools that make it useful, and I like being able to just being able to get on OneDrive on my phone or any you know device, particularly at work. You know, it's like it's hard to pull up my laptop all the time and and you know and get on to Scrivener, but you know I can pull up OneDrive anywhere. So I think that yeah. that's yeah yeah. I've got my files on uh, Dropbox. Yep. The same idea, you know, yeah. just, you've got access to them wherever you are. That's great advice too, though, right? Not just putting it on your laptop. Like I always, Scrivener always freaks me out because then I'm like, uh, Shakespeare did too. Because I was like, oh, it says it's in the cloud. And then I lost like 7,500 <laughs> words from a book I was writing. So then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to Google Drive and, you know, on OneDrive because I just always want to make sure I have it in two places, not just on, you know. The device yeah, itself that, but that's that's a really good idea because you yeah it's heartbreaking when you lose a big chunk of writing that you know you spend a, a few hours on and then it's just gone uh i've had I had that happen once when i was working on a laptop and then the laptop died so oh yeah. that's why i worry about this one that's why i've been doing a lot of stuff on OneDrive, either on here or on my phone um <laughs> you know that way i you know, still have it. Um, I'll move like tonight after I get, a, I should have done it yesterday, uh, but I'll move my current chapter onto OneDrive from my phone, from one of the apps. And then, you know, I'll just, I'll just have it. But I like how you said notes too, though. I do that a lot. I have one of these little notepad apps that I use quite frequently. And um, I think it's just called notepad. And yeah. I just like have everything. It's not going to pop up because it's so bright. Um, but yeah, I just have uh, the little tabs and everything. And I just want the audience to be able to see. It's not going to, oh, there it is. Yeah, I just have each of my books there. And, you know, I'll just literally be somewhere, like you said, on the train, you know, and I keep my notes with me. But it was like, I just had such a big folder. So now I've been putting my notes on there. And I have to say, I actually never thought I would use a, a notepad digitally, but it's been very helpful. And then as soon as I get something done that I like, I just copy it, email it to myself, and then I'll take that email and later on put it in the, the Microsoft document and be good to go. But yeah, notes, I think is a, is a big one for me. So I'm glad that you said that <laughs> very similar there. So I wouldn't get anywhere yeah. without my notes. <laughs> nope. Nope. Need those. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of a, a mantra, I already uh, I already said it. Uh, if if I get bored writing it, people will be bored reading it. I, I always keep that in the back of my mind. I want to keep things moving. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get bogged down with like if if I find that I'm over explaining something, then I'm like, okay, there's got to be an easier way to do this. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of info dumps. I've got a couple of them in my first book, and I I like <laughs> reading through it. I I've read my books to my kids, and reading through it when I get to the info dump paragraph i'm like i wish i would have found a different way to do this but yeah, yeah, yeah. i i try to try to give myself some grace i was like it was my first book yep. it's okay <laughs> just move on yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's very fair yeah, i feel like and... sorry oh no sorry i cut out for a minute sorry okay um in terms of advice uh that i draw on um, uh, a lot of it, it comes from, uh, my ex-wife's aunt who did the editing for my books. Uh, she was so patient with me, especially when we first started out. Cause, uh, like I said, I had more of a technical background. I never got mm. to do the creative writing courses, so I didn't know all the rules and stuff. And she, mm. Uh, she would highlight things and make notes and say, this doesn't work because, or, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're telling the readers this, there's better ways to show them and, and explain what that meant. Because like, I remember in English class, uh, the teacher would just write show, don't tell. And I'd be yeah. like, I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah. But he actually went through and like laid it out for me um, so that I could, I could understand it. Um, like, and she, she was good about uh, finding the ticks that I have as a writer um, verbal crutches and stuff mm. like that. So uh, in my first book, I had way overused the word massive. Mm. Um, and in some cases, I was using it incorrectly. Uh, oh. Like you can't, you can't have it describing an area, like you can't have a massive cave because it has no mass. Oh, um, that's fair. I never thought of yeah. that. I feel like a lot of people do that. I feel like I had to have done that at some point. Yeah. I, I feel like I've read it before too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, for sure. Uh, but yes, yeah, so she pointed that out and I almost never use the word massive anymore. Um, and this, even in uh, this fourth book, uh, she found a uh, like a writing structure that I used um, that she didn't care for. And she pointed it out every time I used it and showed me how to fix it. Um, so like, and, and she, but even then she said, you know, the fourth book it's like a completely different person is writing it from the the first book that she edited oh, awesome. for me because uh, yeah. I've learned so much from her along the way. And uh, so when I get a manuscript to an editor now, it's much cleaner, flows better. Uh, there's just way fewer problems with it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I really try to keep all of her lessons in mind as, as I go through my work. That's great advice. I also think yeah, that was great advice too. I mean, you know, if you don't write, you don't learn, right? And you're never going to oh, get better. It. So yeah, you're going to want to do it now or later. Might as well do it now and learn from it and yeah. get better stories. So, so. I, would, I would recommend that everybody get a good editor and uh, really collaborate with the editor. You know, yeah. don't, I, I've heard of some authors who give a lot of pushback to their editors and uh, don't want to do the things that editors suggest. 
And I mean, in some cases that's fine if it's like totally rewriting your story or whatever, but uh, when it comes down to like uh, the rules of writing and stuff, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's always room to learn. Yeah. That's very, very valuable advice. Speaking of advice, so what is one piece of advice you would give someone who is about to release their first novel? Uh, keep writing. Uh, I, I know that that may It sounds be- simple, but it's a lot harder than it seems. Because after I got done with my first draft, I was like, oh, this is so hard. And I was like, I'm just going to take, I probably took like a six month break because, you know, my friend was like, well, to be fair, he's like, it took you 14 years to finish writing a book. <laughs> and then now you don't know what to do with it. And he was like, that's okay. You know? So yeah, I think that's great advice. Yeah. I, I, I know. It, and it's okay to take a pause to celebrate and be excited that you have finished your first book. Uh, but like I mentioned, you know, most authors don't really start uh, building their audience effectively until they've got four to six books out. So yep. if you think you're going to write one book and hit it out of the park and become super famous, uh, that almost never happens. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for, for the vast majority of writers, you got to keep on working at it. Yeah. Uh, keep, keep learning, uh, keep and i'm not saying like you have to write a series or something like you can write individual self-contained books or even novellas or short stories you know just keep writing something um keep practicing uh, your skills and stuff because you are going to improve with every book that you put out you're going to learn uh, new things your readers are going to give you feedback and uh if uh if you're you're lucky to get constructive criticism from your readers, you know it's good to take that to heart and maybe learn some lessons from that as well. Yeah. Uh, definitely don't uh, don't fight with a reviewer. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I've seen that happen uh, to disastrous effects, um, uh, and it's just ridiculous. Like some people have sunk their careers before they've even started. I remember. Oh. Uh, I remember one writer. Uh, was still working on uh, a first novel and put it up on Goodreads just as a placeholder type of thing. The book wasn't even out yet. And somebody came by, I guess, and saw this book, uh, read the blurb, thought, ah, it doesn't sound great. doesn't sound exciting. I'll give it three stars and moved on. And oh. the author was like, how can you rate a book that's not even <laughs> out yet? And like the person was just like rating it so that it was on their uh, their Goodreads and they might look at it later when it was out, right? But uh, so they, the off, the writer got mad and then the reviewer got mad and the reviewer talked to their fellow reviewers on Goodreads and they all dogpiled on and rated it one star and sunk it before it was finished. And so she was t- talking about giving up on writing because what was the point in even finishing it when she was starting off with it being rated one star. Um, so just, you know, if somebody leaves a, a bad review, you just have to kind of grin and bear it. Don't say anything and keep going because you will find your audience. You will find people who like what you write. Uh, just try to keep in mind that, uh, no book is perfect. There's not a single book out there that everybody loves. Uh, and so, you know, just uh, kind of enjoy those good reviews when you get them and recognize that your book's not for everybody. Well, I mean, you look at Brandon Sanderson, um, you know, who 
you know, wrote 13 books before he fixed one, before it was, you know, accepted uh, by a traditional publisher, by Tor, and then, you know, an agent. And then, you know, you look at the fact that I met him eight years ago, had no idea who he was. I knew he had <laughs> written, you know, some of the Wheel of Times. Um, I think Aloe of Law was out at that point. Um, Waybreaker and Elantris, I know, was definitely out. Um I went and found a copy of Way of Kings somewhere. It took me a while and I was like, oh, that sounds cool, you know. And I met Patrick Rutherfuss and the name of the winner just came out. Um, yeah, but both of them, like, I don't know who they were, you know. Like, I went to meet Kevin Hearn. That was the big one. Michael J. Sullivan was there, had his first three books out. And then um, Brandon had brought, you know, his student, Brian McCollin, uh, um, Gunpowder Mage. And there were just a bunch of, you know, really cool people. But um, yeah, like Brandon and Patrick were really cool. I had no idea who they were. Um, you know, I knew that they had written these books, but I hadn't read anything by them yet. And then the next thing I know, three weeks later, my friend's like, hey, hold on to both of those books. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I've been very, very careful in how I've, uh, you know, treated them. Um, I haven't read either one of those books in particular because I didn't want to ruin the signatures and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy, you know, like to think that you know, they're two of the most popular of all time at this point. And there are so many people that don't like those two books. So yeah. just goes to show you, like you said, right? Not every book is for everybody. So you know, find yeah, your audience find... is a good piece of advice. So yeah. So that's, that's why I like going to stuff like uh, comic cons uh, mm -hmm. to sell my books because there's so many sci-fi and fantasy fans there, you know, that get really deep into their uh, fandoms and yep. just, you know, so if I can find people who love D and D, especially, uh, or fantasy in general, and they take a look at, uh, you know, I, I don't even have to say anything. A lot of the time, they walk by my table, they see the artwork on the covers, and they're like, "Ooh, what's this?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it works out nice. Yeah, no, totally. I I feel like I was telling my mom, I'm like, I just got to get my products done. I'm like, I'm a I'm a salesman, and my parents have both, you know, been sellers for a long time. And I was like, if there's one thing I can sell, it's going to be, you know, my own product. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely, my friends are always talking about advertising this and this. I was like, I'll try whatever I'm like, but I was like, I know for a fact that getting in front of people and, you know, talking about books and, you know, and things like that. And, you know, I think passion really shines through when you make a sale like that. Cause I don't yeah. think you're just selling somebody on a product, right. Or a book you're selling them on, you know, your writing or your world. Uh, your yeah, ability exactly. to tell a story. So, and I think that's why my fourth book uh, since launch has been a little light on sales because I haven't been going to conventions because mm. of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love going to conventions. Like I'm, I'm usually mostly an introvert. Um, but when I, I get to those conventions and I get to talk about my books and like, and people see how excited I get about the books, they're like yeah I want to give this a try and yeah. some people are like this sounds amazing I'm getting the whole tr the whole trilogy right away and it's, it's it just blows my mind when that kind of thing happens that you know yeah. someone just walking through the show sees the books and is like yeah this is for me yep. <laughs> totally understand that that's what I thought I saw the first one I was like yeah that's my thing right there <laughs> uh so this is a kind of kind of let us uh, really well into this one so who are some authors that make you want to write as soon as you read their books uh well we've already talked about Ari Salvatore um yep. and and oh, Bob, uh, especially, I tell you. especially his Drizzt series like yep. 
I remember reading the Dark Elf uh, trilogy when I was like probably fourteen or fifteen. Yep. And it just oh, blew me my too. Mind. Yeah, that's that yeah, that when I picked them up. That's funny. I loved it so much, and I got into Dragonlance as well. Um, and I read a bunch of other stuff that Ari Salvatore put out, like uh, the Crimson Blade uh, oh, trilogy. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a good one. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, I love the Highway Halfling. Um, yeah, yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite characters. Uh, the Cleric Quintet. Oh, um, man. Like, he's, I just love the way he writes, you know? Oh, I it's, do, yeah. It's, it's just a nice, quick pace. The dialogue yeah. is is fresh and good. And Such a great narrative there, style. There, you feel so like you're there. Action. Yeah, it, it's, oh, it, it's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, uh, I, I I haven't kept up on his books uh, recently. Oh, it's hard because he just keeps pumping them out. <laughs> no, I think uh, I forget what the the last one was I read, um, but I remember uh, the oh, Catterley uh, died and it was a ghost. Ghost King. Yep, that was one yeah. of the two the yeah. two books yeah. that I cried at that, and then the next one, Gonhedrum. Um, yeah so yeah so that, <laughs> I, i'm really cool. sorry for the audience that's not a spoiler because that's been out for like 15 so years many, at this point so just many saying, years right? just saying like that's like someone got mad that i talked about robert downey jr and iron man in endgame and i was like where have you been <laughs> if you care that much you should have watched them by now yeah yeah oh, same thing with the books so, like i don't get mad if somebody spoils a drisk book for me because uh I know it's going to be a while for me to get to yeah. the stuff. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he really inspired me. And actually um, uh, I've talked with him on, on uh, Facebook before oh, that's cool. uh, because after my daughter was born, <laughs> I was rereading one of the books, uh, the, 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 the cleric quintet and uh, the character name came up. That was the same name I named my daughter. And I hadn't even remembered that was the case and I was like oh my god this is like it must have just seeped into my subconscious and I, I really wanted that name for my daughter and so I, I messaged him and said that he's like that's amazing I love that that's cool <laughs> yeah he's just such a down-to-earth guy I really yeah. like him uh, as a person and uh, and but so not necessarily inspiring me the way that you mean like inspired me to write but uh, I, I look back at those Dragonlance books. Like my kids bought me a couple of the Dragonlance books for Christmas, and uh, oh, cool. I, I read through the first one. And there's so much head hopping in like one paragraph. Oh, like, yeah, this yeah, character yeah. thinks this. This character thinks this. This character, and it's like, oh man. <laughs> so like so, some of it didn't hold up so well over time. Um, and so that, but that kind of inspires me too. That you know these authors got published and yeah, they're, they're popular yeah. by millions of people. Yeah. So, you know, I can get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. I, I never considered that, but that actually, that makes a lot of sense. That's like, I was talking about Steven Erickson. I love the characters, love the books, but I'm just like, I'm like, there's so many things where I, I personally would not do as a writer, but I learn a lot from that. You know, I learned that my audience more that way, you know, and I think that that is actually really valuable advice as well i hadn't considered that question from that perspective before so i'm gonna have to kind of reanalyze uh my answers for that i think so that's that's oh, good I'm, I'm glad that i can bring something fresh to your podcast yeah so I, I don't in. think i don't think anybody has 
I'm trying to think if anybody's even mentioned it that way before. So I guess I, I didn't, I didn't take it that way. So I didn't consider it. So now I'm going to have to really have to think about that. So I feel like there's a lot of things, you know, that I probably wouldn't do for various reasons or, you know, I think that's why I write, you know, it's like, I want to, like you said, you know, tell the stories I want to tell and, you know, because those are the types I want to read. So there was one, oh, I know there was one Eberron book and I won't say who, but holy moly, I read three books, get done with the final fight, boss fight, everything's great. And then another one that's like so long um one of the main characters gets trapped in a sword like his soul gets trapped in a sword and the sword takes over his body well i think what they had intended to do was that there was i think there was supposed to be another book after that or trilogy well then because wizards you know was switching things publication wise that book never got written so that great ending got ruined by the last like two pages for me oh that sucks it's like i had a kid the other day tell me in school i was like oh you guys can read you the quiz like don't worry about it he's like oh i was gone yesterday and i'm like what are you talking about i go just just take it i go you guys take as many times you need to i said the whole point's the learning not the memorization i said i want you to learn something from it you know and he goes oh well my teacher my history teacher at my school because we're like a conglomeration of summer schools from different schools for kids and he goes my teacher marks you off 50 percent." i go for being sick what he goes yeah. yeah rather than get a hundred or a zero you can get it and get 50 the next day and i'm like i get like if you didn't turn in an assignment after you were sick for a you know a, a period of time but i was like i would never do that to you you know and that's how i think about writing i'm like no i'm like i'm i'm gonna give you an ending you might not like it but i'm not yeah. gonna give you an ending and then pull the, the carpet out from under you you know because yeah. the ending they had was so good i was like what editor on earth went through these three books that are fabulous with world building characterization plot and then decided last minute after an amazing ending to do that for two pages like even i think even in you know the next book like it should have been like you know brought forth in the first couple of chapters that the sword was taking over i'm just like it it has it has stuck with me for the last like six years i mean it was so i think that's where you're you're saying i'm like oh that makes a lot of sense because that's the kind of situation that I would never want, you know, to put my reader yeah. in. Like, no, I, I, I read one book a few years back that didn't even have an ending because she was writing, like she, she was planning on publishing like three books or four books a year or something like that. So she, she just wrote to the word count and then said, okay, that's one book and I will continue it on in the next book. And I was like, I don't want to read the next book because I don't trust that you're going to end this story. Yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't been enjoying it uh, a whole lot to begin with anyway. Uh, but then when it just stopped, I was like, no, I'm not reading any more of this. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, things, things I would never do. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. Well, Ryan, <laughs> what you said about uh, the, the story will have an ending. It may not be the one that you want, that's... but it will end. <laughs> yeah, at least it ends, right? Yeah, not like yeah. that. That's even worse than the one I read. <laughs> the one I read, like, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. Well, Ryan, I really want to thank you for coming. But before we go, I want to make sure that, you know, we um, ask if you have any promos, news, updates, current projects or anything like that. Any news at all that you want to share with us? Uh, sure. Um, so if people are looking for me on social media, 
Uh, I started a TikTok account earlier this year. I'm, uh, I talk about writing in general. I talk about my books specifically, and I've got some videos of uh, my cat and you know, kids and life in Saskatoon. Um, I've got uh, over a thousand followers on there. Um, I'm not super active on it. Like I started out being really active daily posting videos and stuff, but uh, kind of slowed down on that uh, after I got the thousand followers, uh, because once you get a thousand followers on TikTok, you can put a link in your bio. Uh, oh, so cool. now, now I've got a link to my website, which is ryantalkspace.wordpress.com. Um, I rarely do promotions in terms of sales uh, once in a blue moon. Uh, so if people want to pick my uh, books up, uh, especially the first book, like the first book I'll do promos on more often, second and third books, uh, almost never. Uh, so if they want to get in, uh, try it out at a, a low, low price of like 99 cents for the ebook, um, then they can go to my website and uh, go to the contacts link at the top. And there's a spot where you can enter your email address and get into my mailing list. And anytime that I've got a promo going on, I'll, uh, I'll send out an email blast oh, in cool. case people want to check that out. Um, I've got a couple of projects on the go. Like I said, I'm slowly picking away at uh, my fifth novel, uh, A Prophet's Request. Um, I don't have a timeline for when that's going to be finished. Uh, it's just kind of whenever I get to it. And uh, what I do have a timeline for is a short story that I'm working on for an anthology. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, newer writers uh, in in and around uh, the Saskatoon area. Oh, cool. One of my friends that I played D&D with started up this group and... Uh, so she's invited a bunch of people and some of the authors and artists got together and uh, we're putting together this anthology now. So I've got kind of a historical character that pops up in the prologues and epilogues of my first trilogy. And I'm going back to look at his roots, where he came from and, mm -hmm. and uh, the, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, again, another fun project, going to be a quick and easy read. Uh, it's about 10,000 words or something like that that uh, we put together. Uh, they, they asked for between 10 and 15,000. Um, we're not getting paid for it. So I figured I'd, uh, I'd go on the, the lower end of that because that's still a fairly long short story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that one's pretty fun. Uh, it's uh, The anthology is called Debut. Uh, I don't know what the collective is called right now. I think they've changed names a couple of times. Mm. So I don't know uh, when, when it comes out, I'll be, uh, I'll be sending an email out on that and updating my website and social media and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if people are interested, uh, that will be available. I'm not sure when we're working on our second drafts this month. Mm. Um, so Probably, uh, probably not this year, but uh, early next year, I would imagine. Oh, cool. Well, that's why it's important that everybody signs up for your newsletter. That way they get those updates and, you know, follows the social media, which kind of leads us to our next part there that, you know, you can follow Ryan's social media uh, links. Uh, click on them in the description. Go ahead and give him a follow. Um, I do on TikTok. Um, so got great stuff on there that's how i found ryan to begin with um so make sure you're going there um his uh links for where to find his website his books everything like that are also gonna be in the description you guys know the drill who are listening uh if you are a first time listener we just always try and remind people to please 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 review the books that you read particularly for indie authors because really that's the only way they're going to get more of them so if you 
you know, go and you like Ryan's for, you know, for book one and you're like, oh, I want another one, like make sure you review and then do the same for those other consequent books after that. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming. It was a real pleasure talking to you. It's funny when I can find somebody, you know, has uh, similar reading and writing taste to me. So that's really cool. It's, it's rare nowadays, <laughs> even with how many people that I talk to in a day and a week and stuff. But I was really, you know, so happy that we could get you on today. Uh, in the future, you know, you got anything going on, you know, let me know ahead of time and, you know, we'll figure out a good time and we'll get you back on, my friend. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Anytime, anytime you want to come back, whatever, and talk about X, Y, and Z, you let me know the topic and we'll figure it out and get you on and get y'all situated. So if there's anything I can do in the meantime, you know, tag me on TikTok, send me whatever, and, you know, email me anything you got and I'll share it on all of our platforms and, you know, we'll do what we can to help you out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, not a problem. You have a good rest of the evening and I'll talk to you later, my friend. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.